Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the GovTech Advisors podcast. My name is Andrew. Uh, we've got Jordan Abramson on with us. And we have our very first guest on the pod podcast, uh, Mr. Jack Siney. Um, and actually, Jack, before um, I let you introduce yourself, I, I want to actually dote on you a little bit because when Jordan and I started coming up with a guest list of who are the people that we want on the podcast, uh, literally your name was right at the very top of the list. Like, man, this, this guy right here, we'd love to have him on. And so the really cool part is, is we reached out, you said yes. Um, but the, the, the reason why you were at the top of our list is, um, I, you know, I, I discovered you a little bit over a year ago, um, and your story of how you came up, um, what you've accomplished in like your mission of, using technology to help governments and help them work more efficiently is exactly kind of the reason that we even started this podcast as well. But then you took it about 6,000 steps forward and created these amazing companies uh, and this amazing technology, which we're gonna get into the whole reason around this podcast. Um, and full disclosure too, I went through GovSales University um, and I went through all the courses. I took lots of notes uh, and it was fantastic. Um, and so Jack did not pay me to say any of this, uh, and all of it is, is, is very, very true. Um, but that's how excited I am for you to be on here. So thank you again for taking the time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I love, uh, we, you know, we, we try to like make the process a little more fun than normal when folks hear government sales or government procurement or gov tech, they, they start to nap off or, you know, doze off. And so we try to add <laughs> a little levity and some, and some lighthearted to it, to it, to it. And you know, what's funny is that the folks who've been around the market for a long time, not all of them love that. You know, there's, there's some installed mm -hmm. base that loves the dryness of it. So every once in a while, we get a little blowback. So I love being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, did you, uh, did you have anything you wanted to say before we kind of jump into a little overview here? Yeah, no. I mean, kind of similar to you. I went through Gov, Gov uh, University probably about a year ago um, at, a last, at the last company. We were looking to to develop a new training program specifically around gov sales um very differently than where we were before so really excited to have you on really really think this will be a good discussion about how do we get new people to come into this this gov sales space as well as kind of hopefully bit, uh, break some myths so really excited and looking forward to it right yeah me too yeah so when we started the podcast we wanted um to kind of tackle one of the very biggest questions, uh, concerns, uh, the hills that people uh, are too afraid to climb sometimes. And that is, I don't know anything about selling to the government. I think selling to the government would be really hard. I remember this one time that I went through this process and it was really scary and I don't like it. And my, you know, I want faster sales cycles, all of the above, right? Um, and so for this podcast is for a lot of people that have, that are in government sales, but this podcast is also for people that are thinking about getting in there. Um, and so I know that you are the expert in kind of addressing these kind of questions. And so for, for those people that are listening today that are maybe getting started in, in gov sales, or maybe they're thinking about it, why should they care about selling to the government? Why should they want to be a sales professional selling into government and gov tech um, or their company? Why should they start thinking more about that, especially with in the current climate of things? Sure. Yeah, I think the timing of your podcast is amazing because I was, uh, you know, we, <clears throat> we're in a similar space. And so I always say to folks, what the fo a lot of folks, 10 million, 10 million operational companies in the U.S. on average, about a million sell to the government, 9 million currently don't, right? And mm -hmm. I think we're going to look back five years from now and we're going to be like the folks that did not sell to the government, particularly during the pandemic and all this craziness are going to really be in trouble and regret that immensely because we've seen there's a lot of money still coming out from the government. It's one of the few organizations spending more money. And so I would give your audience just four quick little facts or sayings that we repeat constantly, which are the government is the largest prospect in the entire world, federal, state, and local, by far seven plus trillion dollars a year. That's not counting stimulus, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Government buys everything. And when I mean everything, I mean everything, <laughs> literally everything the government buys. If it's made, the government buys it somewhere, somehow, some way, good and bad stuff. The government always pays, which in the era of COVID is so important, right? A lot, I say all the time, a lot of people have big contracts and big stuff and they're never going to get paid because the company's going to go bankrupt or the inventory won't show up or you name it. 
And then the last one, kind of a stat that's so important. I know you guys know this because we repeat it a lot. 80% of government spending doesn't go through a bid and RFP process. There's all this stuff people were like, for years, many years ago, I tried the government, the bid and RFP, takes six to nine months. I don't want to do it, writing a term paper. And the reality is, and, and by the way, that's not our stat. It's, it's the stat of these, these bid notification companies. 80% of the spending the government does doesn't go through that long process. And so it's really an education, re-educating folks about the enormous opportunity and literally how they can win a government opportunity next week like they can in the private sector. And that typically blows people's mind. They're like, no way. And it's totally true. So, Jack, so let me ask you this question. So those are really great reasons why a business should be selling to the government, right? But one of the things when I kind of, when Andrew and I started kind of putting this together, we started discussing, I put a poll out there is how many people sell to the government or would be willing to sell to the government? And it was very astounding how many people said, yeah, no. Yep. Why do you think salespeople don't want to get into government sales? Well, it's you mentioned, I think you mentioned earlier, there's, there's we published this paper that's like the 10 myths of selling to the government. Because I, th I think folks have this thing, like it's really hard. Like if I went through some of the myths, like, well, they always want the cheapest thing, takes a long time. Uh, you need to be on GSA schedule or you need to be registered. Um, you know, uh, um, it's hard to find the opportunities. And all there's all these misconceptions. Now, listen, some of that's true. Right? Mm -hmm. just, like, just like in all, we don't love to talk about it, but all stereotypes or whatever, there's simply a grain of truth in it that no one really wants to talk about. And, and it is true. Some of the things with the government are tough. You can get into procurements that are not very profitable, that take a year to get, that are, you know, you'd be on GSA schedule, what have you. But I'm just telling you factually, most of government procurement is very, very, very much like private industry. Especially today, you know, over the last 10 to 20 years, the government's come a really long way. And as a backdrop for your audience, our company tracks all the government spending. So we go agency to agency, gather their purchase orders and put it in this online database. So when we talk about it, we talk about it from great knowledge. I'm not telling you something some consultant said or somebody theorized about it. We see how the procurements come in and we see how they go in, how they're processed. And again, I think that's the really, that's the thing to people. It's the stereotype of all the things that uh, most of it's not true. But if you bump into one person, they say, oh yeah, the government, blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh, I'll stay away from that. But today, and especially now post COVID, you know, as we move into this era, the government is super acting, super quick, super automated. But every once in a while, you will, you know, wind up with one of those old stereotypes that then kind of gets reinforced. So, yeah. Right. But, but to your point though, so, I mean, we, it's, it's all about kind of diversifying because I know that I've won some bids in the past that were very extremely painful, uh, jumped through lots and lots of hoops, but then going through that pain as well, some of those clients were the most longstanding clients that I've ever secured. They stayed on not for months or years, but, you know, over a decade. And yeah. so, you know, it's not saying, hey, you have to go through the RFP process. You got to pay your dues, but it's worth it sometimes. And if you see and you understand that a little bit better, um, you know, you can get very lucrative, very uh, great clients that stay on for a long time. And so one of the things that, um, that I know that you guys do, but I would love for you to touch on real quick is a lot of people get confused about um, how to get RFPs or where to even find RFPs. Or a lot of people assume too, that once an RFP is out, that it's basically over. Like, I, you know, there's no, no reason to respond if the RFP is out. So can you kind of address that a little bit of the best way for a salesperson to kind of monitor that, but more importantly, how to navigate that or maybe some tips and tricks to say, maybe, maybe they should or shouldn't respond to those RFPs. Yes, we did. We actually did a webinar literally last week. We kind of do one a month and uh, we went through like, Hey, here are 20 like kind of secrets or tips behind the scenes that no one wants to talk about. I always say, you know, like mm -hmm. write a lot of tickets at the end of the month. No one wants to talk about that or use or lose funds. No one wants to talk about that. And our first tip was literally, don't respond to bids and RFPs. And so I say that like, if you're new to the market, it's just a tough way because typically the bids and RFPs, the, the agency normally has somebody they want to use. They always, they don't necessarily always get them, but they normally has a, you know, they have, a, just like when you go to the store, you normally have a brand or a product you're looking for. You know, you don't always wind up buying it, but you have an affinity toward a certain car, a certain, you know, a washer dryer, you know, whatever it is. We, we all, we're human. So typically they have a, you have somebody who they want to use, um, it can be uh, take a while to respond. It can be highly competitive. And so we just really encourage folks when you're starting to sell to the government, just start in the relationship building process 
because that will pay great dividends, as you just said. Andrew, once you're in, they, the government literally wants to use vendors that don't put them at risk. So a quick sidebar, folks who work for the government will typically take less money, less pay, because they want a long-term career with a pension. So they're more risk adverse than most people in private industry, right? They're, they want to keep their job. I always say they don't want to be on the cover of the paper. So when you come in as a good vendor and you deliver a good product, they're really prone to like want to renew with you, give you more business. They'll funnel you mm -hmm. stuff. They'll go, I really love this company. They're very reliable. They always show up. They'll find ways, we'll talk about it, you know, to, to get you business. So the key is just get in the door almost by any means necessary. Just get in the door to the agency, do a great job, and other business will typically come your way. Now, listen, if you are old school or you feel like your industry is like, we do all bids and RFPs because there are some industries like that, just would encourage you, there are what they call in the industry, very, very mature, called bid notification systems, right? So really quick, if you're not sold to the government, Almost every government agency today puts their bid RFPs out on their website. Old school, they used to uh, print them out and mail out copies and blah, blah, blah. None of that happens anymore. Hey, the city wants to buy 20 tractors, right? They're actually going to put that procurement, that bid RFP on their website. You could randomly, without buying a bid RFP service, go find it yourself. And you can, you can reply. Almost every agency does that. At scale, these services called bid notification systems, what they do is they screen scrape all the government websites. They'll aggregate all the bids and RFPs because there's about 90,000 government agencies and they'll do that for you. They'll aggregate it. When you sign up for their service, you put in all the things you buy. We sell tractors, we sell paper, whatever, and, you know, whatever it is. And then all the bids and RFPs that match those keywords, they'll email to you at night. They'll say, today, these are the seven that got released around the country. Here are the two that got released today. And then you can go through them and figure out, hey, do we want to respond to this? Do we want to respond to this? But that's how the core mechanism of bids and RFPs happen today. The government puts that on their website. You can, you don't need a bid and RFP service, but it's really hard to check 90,000 websites every day. Mm -hmm. Or even if you're just selling in a county, a county could have 30, you know, agencies, cities, towns. To check 30 websites every day can be a little laborious, right? So you'll typically sign up for the, one of these bid notification services, put in your keywords, they will um, notify you. And that's typically how folks track it. And then one last point, in the bid notification world, um, it's like buying a car, I always say. There is a Mercedes, which is probably Dell Tech. Dell Tech is probably 30 grand a year, 25, 30 grand a year. And then there's mm -hmm. uh, uh, a smart car that you know you drive and be buried in. It's so small. It's normally like <laughs> $500, you know, uh, $500. <laughs> and in that world, you kind of get what you pay for because the $500 service you know, maybe only does a particular state or you know, they might miss some. If you get a, a high-end service, uh, they'll typically be very, very inclusive. And so there's a wide range of bid notification services for your audience that they could sign up for. So, Jack, you had said earlier, you know, only, you know, 80% of business doesn't go through an RFP. So could you tell us, right, how do they normally buy then if it's not a bid in an RFP? Because I think that's one of the most, you know, preconceived notions that most people have is, is the how they go out and buy. So how, how do they buy if it's not an RFP? Sure. So um, if, if folks have a pad or paper or whatever, or if you want to go look these up, there's really 10 ways the government buys. Now, there's more than that, but there's 10 major ones that have you know, significant buckets of the way the government buys. So let's, just, let's go through them really quick and we can deep dive wherever you want. I don't want to bore people to death. So the first is sole source. Folks relate to that the most, right? If you, if you have a patented solution, you're the only one that can do it. And by the way, sole source can be a service too. Like you might be the only one that could do 24 hour, 24 seven support at your local agency. You know what I mean? Like if it's a, so it doesn't always have to be this patented thing. So sole source, you're the only vendor that can provide the answer the agency needs. Piggyback, which is when, hey, you've won one government contract and another agency wants a piggyback on top of it. The third is discretionary spend. Discretionary spend is almost every agency has a limit they can spend up to and not have to go out to bid an RFP. It's kind of almost like petty cash. Like, hey, mm -hmm. we can spend five or 10K all the time. All right. Number four is a P card. All a P card really is, is a credit card. The government likes to call it a purchase card just because they like to create their own acronyms, but a P card. Uh, the fifth is simplified purchasing or simplified quotes. That's when a government can go out, get three quotes really quickly, at least three. Sometimes they want seven or eight, but at least three quotes and they can award in just a couple of days or just a couple of hours. That exploded, by the way, during COVID. Yep. Set aside or socioeconomic classifications, right? So that's like, hey, you're a woman-owned business, you're a um, Native American-owned business, you're a veteran-owned business. That's If it's set aside, it'll typically limit the competition immensely. 
There's GSA schedule, which is general services administration. We could talk about that, like getting on a GSA contract. And once you are, somebody can go buy off of it. And then there's uh, three others. There's state contracts, which are very much like GSA, just at a state level. And then the last two are co-ops, kind of a group of agencies all getting together and buy a certain thing, whether that's gas or tractors or, or whatever they need uh, in a certain area. And then the 10th one we talk about, which again exploded during COVID over the last year, are national emergencies or state of emergencies. Because mm -hmm. when there's a state of emergency, really all of the purchasing rules typically go out the window. And uh, when, when an agency needs something, they can literally just go buy it directly, like they had to do with some of the COVID testing stations and some of the emergency needs. Or when, you know, when there's a hurricane or when Texas just had that snowstorm, as soon as they, the reason the governor declares a state of emergency, it then allows the agency to go get the things they need without having to go through this long process. So those are the 10 ways that agencies will buy outside of bid and RFP process. And most of those happen, believe it or not, within a one to two day time period. It's amazing. Hmm. So with, with the simplified quotes in the state of emergency, I think in, you know, depending on who you ask, some people may say that we're still in a state of emergency. And, and like you said, too, things happen. Uh, you know, we're recording this podcast on March 25th. Uh, there's a storm that's going to hit the South, right? So who knows what that's going to happen, you know, what that's going to do. So, you know, earlier you were talking about the bid and RFP notification systems. When they're talking about simplified quotes or the state of emergency, how could somebody understand when an agency kind of reaches out during those situations or the simplified quotes? Would they use those same, same systems or how would they navigate to understand, okay, well, here's, a, here's somebody asking for a simplified quote or here's how I take advantage and help during a state of emergency? For sure. So a couple little nuances in there. When, when a state of emergency is declared, I would encourage anybody that even is contemplating or, or has extra inventory or has dismissed government and may want to, that's like open season. As soon as a state of emergency is uh, declared, I just encourage you to reach out to your local agencies, even if you do it like at night, like it's create a couple letters, a couple emails, and be like, hey, I hear you need widgets. We sell widgets. We're right down the street. You need, like, when we, you know, these COVID testing stations, they needed tents, generators. They needed all this stuff to, you know, gloves, PPE. They needed all this stuff. And like, like just contacting them, again, the government agency is trying to make it happen. We forget their people. Right? There's a person trying to set up these testing sites. They're trying to service their community. And so a lot of times, if you can approach them in a professional um, manner, they're very receptive because they're like, oh my gosh, how do I, imagine Texas, how do I how to respond to the frost and the downline, things they've never confronted before. Right? Sure. If you're, if you're a Northeast vendor, or if you're in, you know, imagine if you're in Texas and you're a vendor in Colorado, they deal with that all day. They get a foot of snow. It doesn't even, man, school's not even off. A foot of snow, nothing. Right. So you're able, able to share that with an agency and be like, hey, we, here, we can help you here. You know, I think you will find the agency to be very, very, very receptive. You got to reach out. You got to do your normal sales thing, right? The second group, the, actually the other nine for the most part, are really about like you sell to private industry. It's about creating relationships. Even in the government, all sales is about relationship, right? And so just encourage you to think about however you're selling to the private industry, to take that a little, you're going to modify it some and apply the same thing to the government. And so reaching out, creating relationships, letting them know your company. And then when I say it's a little different, I just encourage folks like, just add a little government flair to what you're doing. Use a couple government acronyms, add a couple government logos to your stuff. Like have a government maybe page on your website. You know, hey, we're looking to sell to the government. Even if you have no clients, hey, this is what we offer, high need of government agencies. Like like people want to feel like you have some affinity. You know, you're not just throwing a hook out there like, oh, I hope someone swims into my hook. You know what I mean? They, they want to know that you have some uh, perspective, some desire versus just the money. Because again, mm -hmm. you gotta always remember, always, 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 when you contact an agency, they're risk adverse. They're not for profit. They want to stay off the cover of the paper. So it's the old school, you old timers out there that are, it's like, it was the old theory, like if you bought IBM, you'd never get fired, Right. Yeah, really applies today. The government agency, don't put this in your marketing to government. It's a brand new technology that's not deployed yet. <laughs> like don't, <laughs> don't let, nobody on the government side wants to be the first one to get your stuff. You know what I mean? They wanna, they wanna deploy, they wanna be the third. The city of Dallas gets it, everybody in the Metroplex will get it, right? They, they wanna well, be next. Well, let me ask you this question. So let's just say you are that hot new widget, right? And you, you do great things for the government. What's your strategy to, to get somebody to be that first person? I love it. 
I love this question because we get it all the time. So here's the thing. This is going to make some people, if you're on the road, if you're listening to this, don't swerve. Just stay straight. Stay focused. Here we go. This is going to bother some of you. If you have a new cool thing or you don't have any government clients, this is, this is a secret tip. We went over this a week ago. Find an agency, typically like a mid-sized agency. Don't go out to the city of Dallas or San Francisco or Miami. Like find a good mid-tier agency, right? That's, you know, says like a couple hundred people that work for them. Listen, go give them your thing for free. So it's going to bother people. You're like, how's the government good if I got to give it away for free? Listen, here's, here's how it works. Look at it as a marketing cost. Take your brand new thing that's awesome. Go give it to an agency that's, you know, sizable. They're not two people, you know, but a sizable agency, right? Give it to them for free. Be like, hey, here's the deal. We're a new product. No risk for you. We're going to give you our whole thing. Deploy it. And listen, here's, here's, here's the only catch. If you love it, only if you love it, will you tell other agencies, like if I have an agency call you, would you just tell me your experience? I'll just tell you almost every agency will do that and it will save you an agency wants to hear it from another agency more than you want to hear it from any sales rep. So if you go get an agency, right? That's like the city in South Florida, the city of Boca, you know, it's like a, it's no, people know the city of Boca Raton. You go give the city of Boca your thing. It's a sizable city. They deploy it. The city loves it. When all the other agencies in Florida call, Hey, did you use the widget? Oh, I love the widget. The widget was great, right? That will explode your sales and let you get into the market and just swallow that it's your marketing costs. Don't, don't get all wrapped up that, Hey, we just gave away $20,000 worth of stuff. Just, it, it will, it will pay off a hundredfold. Uh, you know, that's how you jump into the market. That's like, it's long-term thinking though. You know what I mean? It takes, mm -hmm. takes a lot. Like people are like, I don't want to give them anything for free, but they're willing to spend six months trying to market and send stuff. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you that is a, amazing, incredible way to do it. To just well, in, in the thing, Jack, you, you bring up a, a really great point. And for all the leaders on here, business owners or sellers on here, you know, thinking about it as a marketing spend or a marketing tactic is, 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 is genius because I was on a call last week with somebody else uh, and they gave me a really interesting statistic. The, the, the kind of the tchotchke or the swag industry that you're going, you're giving your pens and, uh, you know, hats and all that kind of stuff is over a billion dollars just for that stuff that you go grab off somebody's table, you shove it into a bag, you give it to your kids, they destroy it, or you throw it away as soon as you get home. So why not take a little bit of that money and say, you know, this is going to, this is a seed that I'm planting. Um, and so I would, if I'm a seller and I'm trying to convince my boss, I would say, how much are we spending um, for this marketing initiative that's not going anywhere? Or, you know, can we take a little bit of that fund and put it over here? And let's just try it. Let's try it with a couple of different agencies. I think, I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and listen, in COVID, no one, let's think about all the costs you've saved, you know, from being in an office, no trade shows, no travel. I mean, a lot of companies, a lot of companies' revenue are down, but also expenses are down. Like, like there are some mm -hmm. really positives out of COVID that no one wants to talk about. Right. So there should be a budget there. You know I mean? We're not, we're not traveling around the country. We're not going to trade shows every week. You know, there, there should be some money there. And it's, again, that the, the, they want to hear it from an agency way, way more. I don't care how good, I don't care how good a person you are, how um, you're your best communicator, you buy the best lunches, whatever you think you're <laughs> another agency sending it to them. Hey, we use the widget. It's awesome. Done. Sure. Right. Well, so let me ask you this question, Jack. So let's just say we we did our job in this this call, right? Somebody says, I'm ready to sell to the government. Where should they start? Well, that's a great question. Um, so, Sorry, I threw that one at you. <laughs> no, 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 listen. So I think, you know what happens? I think uh, my perception of the world, everyone's ADHD and they see those federal contracts, right? If, you, well, mm. if you've ever done, just go into Google and be like, top federal contracts. You see like the federal government almost every day will hand out $100 million, $300 million. I mean- I always do like, what's the commission? Even if you're commission, imagine five percent of a hundred million dollar contract. I always the sales reps are just like, man, where are these? Oh, I calculated that commission check potentially on that uh, Azure DOD? deal at the DOD. Oh. <laughs> I did too. I'm like, who sold that deal? I'm like, holy! It was like what hundred billion dollars. I mean, just sick money. But it, it's so funny that you think that we all think of it that way because I remember going into a Chick Fil A and they had like changed like their soap, right? And and like, but it was at everyone. And I was like, I want I want to know the sales rep that got them to change the soap nationwide and how much money he just made off of that. Deal. I think about the Amazon <laughs> trucks, the Amazon Prime trucks. I want to be yes. The, sold those minivans, like yes, every freaking where. Um, yes, yeah. So you know, it, 
most folks break up the government market to SLED, right? Federal, state, local, and education. That's kind of how most people break up. So it's federal and then SLED, state, local, education. We always encourage folks, if they're just starting, start local. Like those, those big federal contracts can look exciting. You could spend a lot of cycles. But the best place to start is in your backyard. Or if it's not like local, like go to the area where it is local. Like if you offer like a, a sea time thing, like go to the coast and figure that out. But start with local agencies that operate a lot more like small businesses. You can typically call the person, talk to the person. You can typically interact with them. You can get them to know your company. It becomes very much like, you know, um, uh, like again, private industry. We, I would just say you can go see them, but no one wants you to come right now with COVID. But you can actually... You know, you can interact with them in a real way. Whereas if you go try to sell to the Pentagon, even if you're just selling t-shirts, you're not getting into the Pentagon. You'll probably never talk to the person you're trying to get to. You'll never see them. And the last part that's so important, we mention all the time, you may never get paid in a time to help you. Like people like want that $100 million contract if you're a small business. Well, people don't talk about it a lot. The federal government doesn't just print checks every day. It takes a while to get your check from the federal government, right? So in a state agency, not only can you create a relationship, it's close to you, you can monitor it typically, it's easier for you to deliver support. You also get to know the person and you'll get paid quicker, right? It's, it's just a small, it's a smaller enterprise. So make sure you get paid because there's that old saying, like the government put as many companies in business as out of business. They talk about the federal government because they're waiting on the check, you know, their cash flow is jammed up. And you can't just call Uncle Sam and be like, hey, you know, you owe me uh, 20 grand. You know, he don't, they don't care, right? So, so just encourage folks always to start local and then build on, upon that. Like maybe if you're in the education market, go there and then go to the state level. Those contracts are bigger, right? The state of Florida, the state of Utah, like you can look statewide and then graduate to the federal market, God willing. We want you to get there, right? Those are big contracts. One of those will change your life forever, change your company forever. But to encourage folks to work backwards, you know, local, state and then federal right yeah i had i spoke to somebody a couple weeks back and he he said this to me and like this light bulb went off it was you know his sales manager when he walked in said the very first thing i want you to do is win your backyard yeah like that's the very first thing i want you to do is, oh, is win oh. is win your backyard and it was like the light bulb went off and it's like that makes so much sense but i had never heard, thought of it said in that way and it was yeah. just okay that makes perfect sense for anybody What's that's selling anything Plus the reference works better. You know, if you spend time at your local, whatever, you know, city of Richardson, right outside Dallas, if you work yep. with the city of Richardson, make them love your product, right? If they bought it or you gave it to them, right? Once they love it, selling in the Metroplex around there, they all know the city of Richardson. They all know the people that work there. Like the government's a pretty close community for the most part, right? They all, they interact. Those people are in those roles, typically decades, you know, as Andrew mentioned. And like, so it's like, you know, once you've been able to say, here's a reference, right? You know, 30 miles away, way better than saying, oh, call, you know, from, from Boston, call Richardson, Texas. Nah, doesn't have the same appeal. So, you know, selling locally and then working out, we always say sell kind of in circles around your flagship agencies, like big time uh, works. Yeah. I mean, I, it, and just a quick example of that. So years and years and years ago, I was trying to get into, into a certain uh, district and I found out working in, locally that one of my good friends their mom actually worked in the district. So I used them to find the next person to find the next person. And so it was, it took a couple of quick phone calls and you were off to the races. And so, and, I, and one of the things, and you guys actually brought this up um, and we're not going to dive super deep into this because a lot of this stuff is still being figured out. But from the SLED standpoint in the American Rescue Fund that got released, there's a huge chunk of money that's dedicated solely for SLED. Right. And so for the state and local governments to do a lot of different things with. Um, but it's, it's it just goes back to start with what, you know, and the people that, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, somebody uh, you might be you might be Kevin Bacon. You don't even know it. Right. You just know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody and you can easily get right in there. Um, and if you know Kevin Bacon, then, you know, everybody already. You already know yeah, where to go and work, work back. Yeah, you don't work backwards. Info. You don't need Zoom info. You already had to know everybody. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so all, all the, all the young people are like, who's Kevin Bacon? <laughs> go, go. I, so all the, uh, all the young people on here, you are connected to them in some way. I assure you go, uh, go do it. Um, I mean, <laughs> um, so Jack, that kind of brings us to a, the, the more technical side of 
the the GovTech because I, I want to spend a couple of minutes because you actually so we're talking about techniques and ways to kind of leverage um, you know the government and how to break into it, but you actually spent time to actually create a technology to help do this as well, not just a training course, not just your time. You actually created a platform called uh, GovSpend, yeah. and that also gives you um, insight of how to kind of navigate this as well. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what GovSpend can do for a company or for a seller, and then also how it can help literally the past, you know, how long we've been on the, for past half hour, how it can totally enable that as well using GovTech. Sure, sure. I appreciate that, by the way. I mentioned what we do. So for your audience, brief background. So um, I started my career on the government side. I was on the F-18 fighter jet program, worked on the government side, worked on the procurement side, then kind of crossed over like most folks do at some point. And, and so my last couple of endeavors have all been kind of gov technology, gov tech type endeavors. And so our latest one, prior to this endeavor, we used to sell to public safety agencies. We'd help the police officers put the technology in their cars and help public safety agencies be more efficient. And in the second half of that endeavor, you know that old, old thing from Nixon, if you follow the money? Well, what, what happens sometimes, we're like, there's deals we thought we should have won and we didn't, and deals I thought we were on the outs and we did. And then you're like, it didn't always make sense. Like two plus two was not always four. Mm-hmm. So what we started to do at our old company, at the end of it, we started to gather the purchasing data. We, we started to say, hey, let's go look at this agency and they have an opportunity out on the street, but what, where are they spending their money and with what companies? And it is amazing. When you go look at an agency and see who they're spending their money with, it is very um, informative about where they're going to spend their money. So if they can put out a procurement all day on the street and say, hey, we're going to buy whatever, 20 new vehicles. We're going to buy 20 new dump trucks. Well, listen, if they bought their last 300 from a particular company, like every RFP, guess who's probably going to win the next 30? That same company, unless they hate them. But when it hits the street, you don't know that. You don't, you don't know the legacy. A lot of people don't know the legacy. But, and I say that with anything, printers, paper, generators, whatever you sell. If an agent, I always say this to salespeople. If you have two agencies, one is, one's an hour north and one's an hour south, right? And they're, they're going to buy a thousand iPads, what, widgets, whatever you sell. This agency's work with a vendor buying that item for the last seven years. Every year they've bought from the same vendor, okay? Agency up north. And the agency down south bought the same number of iPads or widgets, but they bought it from a different vendor every two years, right? Which opportunity do you as a new vendor have a better chance of winning? It's clearly this one, right? It's clearly mm-hmm. this one that they're, they're open to new vendors. They want to find the best price. They want to, you know, whatever's the state of the art in the market. This other agency that's worked with that same vendor for many, many years, it's not really an opportunity. They're not, the chances they're going to displace that vendor are so small. And so that's a long-winded way of saying that's, that learning was powerful. It was like mind-blowing. It was like, let's stop wasting our time if we see they're working with a certain vendor for many years. And so that led to our current company, GovSpend, where what we, do, what we do, we go to agencies around the country. We ask for all their purchase orders for the last 10 years. We say, hey, listen, going back for the last 10 years, we want all of your purchase orders. Now, that simply blows their mind. They're like, why are you doing that? Like, they, th- you know, they're, they're thinking we're like the media company. We're trying to get them in trouble. And we're not. So <laughs> GovSpend is really an aggregation of all the purchases out in the market. And so that companies and agencies, by the way, can log in. It works just like Google and you can type in widgets and you can see every agency that's bought a widget, who they bought it from and what they paid. It's sick. It's a, it's an amazing set of data never existed. There's some nuances. in. if you're wondering, we have a patented piece of software. We've, we've honed the, 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 how to get the data. We've aggregated, we, we bring it in, we normalize it, then we make it queryable. It's an enormous undertaking, just like Google, by the way, but it's like, it's just for government purchases. So you literally type in whatever it is, you'll see every agency that bought it, who are they buying it from and what they paid. So it allows you as a company to go, hey, I sell widgets and I sell them by the way for 500 bucks. So you can go in and put widgets over $500 the last two years. And you'll literally get a list of every agency that's bought widgets over 500 bucks. And if you can't sell those agencies, then you need to be in a new career, right? Because it's like, this is on a platter. They're buying what you sell for more money than you sell it for. That is layup sales. So that's what we do. We've been doing that for 10 years. Very, very unique data set. And um, it's govspend.com. You can go look at it. And it, it is amazing. We do some other bells and whistles, but that core thing patented by us, really, really unique. And there's a ton of insights uh, for your audience. 
So it sounds like if we if we're successful in this call and they want to start in gov gov sales, the first thing you should do is probably call Jack and team, right? To to get started. Is, is that fair to say? Well, listen, I, I was gonna add that to my prior answer, but I don't want to be too long with it. So I <laughs> listen, I wouldn't start there. If if you're net new, the gov spend solution, it's like I would just say it's like it's not calculus, but it's like algebra two, right? And so I really want folks to have success early on because if you don't have success early on, you're going to bail, right? So if you're going to start, I would, what you guys started the show with, I'd encourage you to start at govsalesuniversity.com, govsalesuniversity.com. What that is, it's a platform we created for the 9 million companies that are currently not selling to the government. And it's really two, it's actually three, there's three things in there. One, as Andrew mentioned, there's a whole set of videos in there that'll help you learn how to sell the government, a bunch of tips and tricks, how to get your first agency. We've hit on some of those things, how to do pricing, how to win bids and RFPs if you have to, how to do marketing. It's super solid. It's a great place to start. By the way, it's only like uh, $250 a month. It's a steal, right? And then you get two other things with that. When you, when you feel like you've had enough videos, we give you a small bid notification system. And when I say small, all, I, all we've done with our bid notification system there is we just took out the federal bids and RFPs. Unlikely you as a new vendor are going to win one anyway. So we give you a bid notification system that are ones we feel like you can win. And then the third thing we throw in there is a, a quoting system. We give you GovQuote, which is a bunch of agencies that put out quotes. When I mentioned simplified quotes, that you can respond to today and you can win tomorrow. So if you're, if you're net new, you've never sold to the government, encourage you to go, go to govsalesuniversity.com, sign up, $250 a month. It's not a sales pitch, but it, it is the best investment you can make. You can literally quit at any time. That's what I, what I encourage people to start. We created that, by the way, only like two years ago because we kept getting asked, like you just asked, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Like, you know, like, what do I do? We created that just for that group. It's not a moneymaker. It's just a chance to like, hey, uh, get the technology together. And then once you've had success, I would encourage you to call GovSpend. You know, that's, it's kind of like, now you're at algebra two, trigonometry, you know, like geometry, you're like, hey, let's start to add to it. Now let's be strategic. Like who the heck should we really be going after? It's a little, it's a little more pricey, but that would be the, that's how I encourage folks to kind of enter the market. Right. Well, and, and like I said, at the earlier part of the podcast, you know, I went through it in me uh, selling into government for years, even going through GovSales University, um, I learned quite a bit and I learned new tips and tricks. Um, and the really great part, um, Jack kind of mentioned it as well. It, there's a lot of information, but it's not long. So if you wanted to get in there and you spent a couple of days, you could go in a complete novice and come out with a ton of knowledge, to, at least to start working locally. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, it's very simple. Jack, you do a great job through, throughout the whole process. Um, and then most importantly, to, once you do graduate to using a system like GovSpend, um, it goes back to, uh, it, 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 if you're on LinkedIn at all, right, you see all these sales influencers on there about, you know, making relationships and nurturing the, the prospect and, and not going at them full force, not pitching them, you know, Jack saying that over and over again. But the best part about these solutions is you know exactly who the people are that are buying it, who, who how much they bought, and you can kind of infer how much they're spending. So you can map out a game plan to start building relationships with key people within your community, what they're buying, how they're buying it, and when you can kind of, when you should start putting the pedal to the metal and start asking those questions. So, um, you know, this wasn't meant to be a giant commercial for Jack Siney, but at the same time, this is 100% a, a great big commercial because what you're doing for the, the space and for the people that are in our audience uh, is so invaluable. And I, I just, I, I wish more people would know about it because there are so many really cool, we get hit up all the time with new ideas and new technology that's out there. Um, Jordan and I were on a call the other day with this new great idea, um, but they, they didn't even know how to enter the government space. Uh, and we started talking about soul sourcing. They were like, that's a thing. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And so they, their, their minds were completely blown and stuff that we take it uh, for granted that we know uh, and that a lot of other people don't, they just don't. Yeah. And then I know it's a one thing that applies to government sales and sales in general, this stat we always hear, right? If you're, as you're a student of sales, there is a science of sales. Typically a, a prospect, a, a eventually a customer needs to hear about your company or you seven to nine times. That's the magic mm -hmm. number, right? So it's like, we all want the one call close, 
oh, you just heard about me? Buy right now? Like, yes, we, we all would endeavor, you know, all these online marketers are like, just send them a video and they'll go to your website and they'll buy tomorrow. And I just say, um, that's not the norm, right? It's a distortion of what happens. And, you know, folks need to see your company seven to nine times to encourage you to, how, what does that look like? And as Andrew just said, not in a crappy, not in a pushy, crappy way. Like one time you email them and say, hey, here's what we do. If you're looking for widgets, we're a local widget provider, right? Just FYI. Then maybe you hit them up and you, and you mail them something. That sounds a little old school, but like, hey, here's our product sheet. Not long, by the way. No one wants to read your 22-page book about your product. No one gives a crap. Like really short. Hey, this is what our product does, right? And then maybe uh, we mentioned Chotsky. Maybe then you mail them like a calendar. You know, like whatever it is, you get in front of them seven to nine times. Connect with them on social media. Hit them up with a like or something that, hey, saw you went through the snowstorm. You know, maybe you could use a show, snow shovel. You know, like, like just when they, just think about it. When a new restaurant opens up in your city or your town, the first time you see it, you're like, oh, new building, not going there, right? And then you see it in the paper, you're like, oh, it got, you know, four and a half out of five stars. Then your neighbor tells you about it. And eventually you're like, oh, I'm going to go try the new restaurant. You know, some of you, the early adopters go the first day. Oh, right. new, I'm going. I don't care. But, you know, but most of us, are, you know, have to see it seven to nine times. So just encourage folks to figure out what is your routine, right? To make them hear about you so that when they go, oh my gosh, it snowed. I need snow shovels. Who was that? Oh, Billy. And he, they go into their files. This, I'm telling you, we talk to government people all the time. They keep files. That sounds old school, but like a vendors or online. Oh, snow people. Here they are. And they literally, that's exactly what they do. They pull it out. They're like, oh, we need generators. Oh my God, we're doing these PPE stations. Are these testing stations? They all need generators, right? We got to fire stuff up. Who's generator people? They're either going to go to Google or they're going to go to you who's created a relationship and maybe some of that feels like one way, like they're not responding. You're like, oh, they're not, I don't know. I'm not getting response back. But I promise you, almost everyone I know in procurement, if they're going to buy it and they know they're going to buy it in the next year, they take your stuff and they put in a digital file or believe it or not, they still put it in a folder, a file file cabinet. Right. And they know they're like, hey, we're going to buy generators. Not now, but in six months we are. And they pull it out and they go, oh, here are the three companies that are local that hit me up with generators and they will call you. That's how it works. And so- Seven to nine times makes the magic happen. Well, and I think the big takeaway for me too is what you said at the beginning. And it, this really stuck with me what you posted last week. The government buys everything. You know, last week's ex the last week's example, I think it was 33 chicken tacos and 30 <laughs> beef tacos or something like that, right? Um, government buys everything. There's opportunities for all businesses, all shapes and sizes. Just got to get out there and have those conversations. Listen, not to be too, I don't want to take this into like a triple X rated podcast, but like when I, I don't know if you know Bradley. So he's one of the, you know, he's, he's, a, he's one of the sales influencers online, LinkedIn, blah, blah. He's mover shaker. So when I'm on Brad's show, he literally says, you know, uh, he's out of Vegas. So a little edgy, you know, he's like, what about like, uh, he went to, you know, he had some like adult things. I'm like, government buys all those too. You know, all of them. Like, cause you got to remember a military base, a aircraft carrier is a moving city. They're right. real people there. And so whatever, I mean, everything from, you know, condoms to whiskey to whatever you think of, it's a moving city. A Air Force base is 20,000 people there. It's, and the real things happen, both good and bad. And the government buys everything because just like you need everything. And I, and I mean that I'm not trying, I'm not saying that to be pithy. If you make it, the government buys it and probably buys it at a quantity you'll be shocked by and can really be a make or break of your, um, company. And, and I, again, as we, I said earlier in the show, I believe we, we, you know, we, we deal in the gov space. We were kind of the back burner a long time. And used to that, you know, redhead stepchild back burner, Hey, I'll get to you. And I'll just tell you the last two years, our business. And I think government business in totality has exploded. And I think folks will look back and whatever to pick a date, 2027, 2030, and be like, man, if you're not selling to the government, you have literally missed the boat because a lot of industries are going to go through, um, a lot of retrenching and redoing and the government's the only going to be the only constant thing as we just saw with another you know stimulus bill that's going to keep pouring out money and even if it hits the, if it's going to go in the crapper we all know that right there's not enough money but the government's still going to have to buy a lot of stuff no matter how you cut it and so um it is the best investment if you're in your business for the long term or you're looking for hey what's my security blanket it is the government i promise you because they buy everything and again they always pay Amazing. right well, and you, you touched on it a couple of different times in a couple of different ways too, that, you know, we're talking about, you know, things you're pulling off the shelf or anything like that, like a, a bottle of whiskey, 
but you know, to the file folders and to the other people that are doing it in an old school way, state and local government is a lot of times are very hungry or they may need to be aware of new technology that's in the private sector that's not in the government sector. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've got transformative technology, you have new ideas, that is even more reason that you need to get in front of the government because how many times have you gone onto a government website or gone into the government building or gone onto a government app and you're like, this is not my kind of experience. Well, if you're selling technology, you can be the person that changes that for the next family that goes on the website and says, oh, this website's amazing, actually. I found exactly what I was looking for immediately. So uh, yet another reason to sell to government, not only because they, they spend a lot of money and they always pay, but they are spending money, just to Jack's point, in, within the stimulus bill for technology and for transformation. So the time is now to take advantage they, of that. And by the way, for your audience, if you're in the tech world particularly, the government's looking for the best stuff right now. They're also working. Mm. And so, you know, if you invade some company and steal their email list or steal their company list or steal some credit cards, whatever, right? It'll, it'll all get back. If somebody gets into some government, you know, like, you know, can get to a government system and, and can change some stuff, like serious things can happen. Like the government is looking for technologies for security. They're, they're, we all know medicine's being redone, education's being redone. Like if you're in those spaces, the government's net, the government, and we as a society are never going back. Like uh, this little thing, like welcome to the new normal, right? We're not going back. If you're sitting around waiting, can't wait for, you know, 2008 again or 2000, we're ne that's never coming back. And so the government is very, very hungry for, hey, how do I create more secure systems? How are we going to um, make technology and education mesh now? Because it's going to be different forever going forward. How are we mm -hmm. going to change university, all the state universities? We have all these buildings now. We're never going back to full-time classroom learning, not a chance. You know what I mean? It's too expensive. You know, it's kids don't want to go. They want to like, I want to be at home. How are we going to do medicine for the uh, VA and all of the government? Like we're never going back, like telemedicine. Like how do you offer those? How do you keep those secure? Like those things, the government is going to confront faster and need to be more secure than private industry. Because private industry, we get sued, you know, whatever, I'll pay out your law, you know, whatever happens in the government really bad things can happen if somebody, you know, uh, one of these hackers gets into a government system, both either financially or with people's personal information or, you know, public safety stuff. Like you're talking about arrest records and, and crime and some really, 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 um, you know, in-depth things or banking stuff. Think about, you know, all of the foundation of banking is in a government, you know, touches Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And, you know, somebody can go in and just wipe out your mortgage in five seconds. So, the government is very, very ripe for, hey, how do we fix these issues? And if you're able to bring a solution forward that works, and again, you'll have to pay your dues up front because the government doesn't love net new stuff. But if you have a system that works, proved it works, it will explode because that's the difference in government. Once a couple get it, it literally hockey sticks. Oh, yep. everybody. And I say that from firsthand experience. When we do flagship, we sell an agency locally. It literally, the whole, everybody in the area, because the government is, oh, you have that? I need that. It's, it's that, what is it? Keeping up with the Joneses? Keeping up with the Joneses. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the, what, what are you doing for Wi-Fi security? Oh, we need that. You have that? You have, oh, I want to. It literally go like, you'll be like, can't sell, can't sell. Well, I got one. I got two. Everybody needs it. Because <laughs> they, well, they talk and meet it, all the time. Right. Well, and it's like you said earlier too, right? Nobody wants, the risk adverse, right? Nobody wants to be on the newspaper. And so when you see somebody in the newspaper that's in that backyard, or that city town over, you know, that brings visibility to, I don't want to be that person. There's somebody in this area that's looking at this stuff. So, I mean, it, it plays right into exactly everything you said this, this time. Think about like, here's a real, it's a weird, like kind of anomaly side story, but you know, when you go down the highway now, they have the rumble strips or the real reflectors in the middle of the highway. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. Like think about if someone said to you, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to buy 8 billion little reflectors. We're going to dig a hole every yard in I-95 and put them in both ways. You'd be like, not a chance. There's not a chance that's ever, and it is, it's freaking happening because somebody said, oh, it makes the highway safer. It keeps you from getting sued by the way and keeps us, and so people were like, yep. So they're rumbling strip. They put the little reflectors down the highway, like stuff. It's like, oh, you did it. And cause then if you're the city that doesn't and every other city has it, you're getting sued. You, right, yeah. you didn't have reflectors and rumble strips. Oh, well then I'm going to sue you for a hundred million dollars. Cause my daughter went over the midline got a head on accident. Now I'm going to sue you. So like, that's the kind of thing you're right. It just, once it takes off, everybody wants it and your, your government business can explode really, really quick.
Absolutely. So, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing I think that everybody should take uh, away from the podcast is the, the government can be intimidating, but it's no different than any other industry, any other uh, customer out there. You got to find a pain. You got to find a problem. You got to build a relationship. You got to find a way in. You got to build upon that and you'll have success. It just, the government pays a little bit differently. They, they are a little bit more reliable and they tend to have a lot more money than a lot of other companies. So a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Imagine, imagine when you're selling, we always hear, I don't have money. That's never the case. I, I tell to people, I, I know I already run short on time, but I tell people all the time, when you talk to the government, they go, we don't have money. I'm just going to tell you, they just don't like your company because right. the government always has money. When a hurricane hits and devastates a shoreline, they don't go, well, we're out of money. We're going to leave the trees down and we're going to just let this all go to crap. That doesn't happen. The government has <laughs> money for everything that they view as important. They just don't believe what you're telling them is important. So the government always has money. They don't, they don't go, you know, we're running a deficit. We're not going to put gas in any of the fire engines. We're just, we're out of money. That's not how it works. And so right. the government always has money and you just have to convince them to spend a little bit on your company or product or service. Amen. And I feel like that last statement, like I'm getting hit in the heart, you know, by every time that I've been said, Hey, we, we don't have budget for this. I think it, yeah. I think it, it hurts now. Yeah, <laughs> they just don't like you, Jordan. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah. laughs> Guilty as well. Well, Jack, uh, thank you for taking time for us. This was incredible. And I, I know that uh, the people listening probably got a ton of value out of this. So for everybody that is listening, what is the one place you want them to go to learn more about you or about what they can do uh, with you or to contact you? I'm sure uh, you uh, probably the best thing for me personally is LinkedIn. Uh, we're on LinkedIn every Wednesday. We have a, a, you know, we do a LinkedIn live, what have you. So if you go to Jack Sine, S-I-N-E-Y on LinkedIn, uh, you can follow me or like my stuff. Uh, most of our stuff's there. And then if you're looking for a resource and you're not a social media person, I would start at govsalesuniversity.com. Uh, great, super cheap way to just get your feet wet and uh, no commitments and just feel your way through it. It you will. It's like, you know, you, you'll go learn a language and never use it. This is one thing you'll use for the rest of your career because you can be the government person at anywhere you go the rest of your career. Hey, I'm the head of government sales. That's always going to be a market in yes. every country and every company. Great, yes. great time. Yes. Uh, such a good, okay, we're going to end it there. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> Jordan, Thanks, Jack. thank you. Uh, thank you for that as well. And thank you for everybody tuning in to the second episode of Gov, uh, GovTech Advisors Podcast.